Thank you, Susan. And uh, again, good morning. It's great to be with you today. Thanks for being with us. And uh, again, I hope this is a meaningful time for you and for all of us as we offer our praise <coughs> and prayers to God uh, today. Uh, we continue to head down the uh, home stretch to my retirement. It happens to happen on Halloween, October 31st, uh, All Saints Eve. Uh, so I already know what I'll be wearing for my costume on that day. I will be dressed up as a pastor heading out to pasture. Um, and, and as I told you last week, I've already picked out my mask, and uh, it is this one. Uh, the one with the Beargrass logo on it. Uh, some faithful church folks helped us with the order, but a question came up during the uh, ordering process about color and cost and the other options that we had. Should we spend more money to put the, the name of the church on the, the mask? And so we decided to go for it, and so we have many masks with Beargrass logos uh, on them. But uh, I confess I confess that strange things happen when I wear the mask beyond these walls. As soon as I put on the mask, uh, my perspective changes. I become an ambassador for Beargrass, like it or not. If I wear the mask, or uh, at other times, sometimes I'll uh, put on a Beargrass uh, t-shirt, something like this. I think a few of my colleagues here uh, have one of these or several. Uh, whenever I put on the mask or the t-shirt, folks just might associate what I say and do out there with our church. Some have asked me about my most embarrassing moments since I've been here, and a lot of them uh, <laughs> occurred in the heat of battle, let's say. <clears throat> there is a rumor there is a rumor that I am a wee bit, no, very competitive. Uh, so so I, I, I regret the times uh, when I behave badly. Uh, I apologize. Uh, you know it's bad. You know it's bad when someone asks during a softball game or a volleyball match, isn't that the church's pastor? It's especially bad when one from our own church asked that question. Uh, anyway, maybe you've had similar experiences. Uh, some of you wear jewelry, or you wear lapel pins, or you get tats, uh, or bumper stickers in the shape of a cross, or a fish, or some other symbol of the Christian faith. Or perhaps uh, people pay attention when we do those kinds of things and assume that we will be uh, ambassadors for the church and for Christianity. Uh, some of you have used these things quite effectively to begin conversations about your faith, and so uh, that's, that's, those are great opportunities. But putting on the mask or wearing a shirt or other symbols can remind us, I think, of uh, the daily call for us to put on the mind of Christ. We are flipping through Philippians. Uh, last week we heard Paul encourage the folks at Philippi and all of us uh, here today stand firm in one spirit, strive side by side with one mind, uh, live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel. We hear a similar message in the second chapter of the letter. He proclaims, be of the same mind, have the same love, be in full, uh, in one accord, do nothing from selfishness or conceit, 
but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let the same mind be in you as was in Christ Jesus. Again, it sounds like Paul is pleading and asking for us to be as close uh, to Christ in our behavior and attitudes and actions as possible. If we're to be like-minded with Jesus, we may go so far as to say we're to be twins of Jesus. So what would that look like for us, spiritually speaking? We have a number of sets of twins at Beargrass and a terrific trio of triplets. Uh, there's a general interest, I think, about uh, twins and triplets and multiples and how they get along. But uh, years ago, researchers studied over 400 pairs of twins who were separated at birth, raised apart, and then brought back together. And that study went on for decades. The results were kind of amazing. Twins brought up in very different circumstances were still extraordinary, extraordinarily similar in a whole lot of ways. One of the most remarkable stories was about a pair who, who were separated at birth but brought back together at age 40. Can you imagine? During those 40 years, they both took law enforcement training. They both enjoyed blueprinting and drafting and carpentry as hobbies. They both had first wives named Linda, second wives named Betty. Each named his first son James. Each had a dog named Toy. They had similar IQs, similar EEGs, similar EKGs, similar fingerprints. And when they met, it, they said it was like looking in a mirror. It, it's, that's remarkable, raised apart but almost identical, and, and not only in looks, but in their behavior and attitude. I think that says a lot about the power of our gene pools determining uh, our physical characteristics and the th ways we uh, think and feel. And now, imagine that you're a, a twin of Jesus being raised some 2,000 years later, and that you have similar spiritual characteristics. I think that's what Paul asks of us to be like-minded with Jesus, to let that same mind be in us. And it sounds not only impossible, it sounds a bit presumptuous. But Paul urges us to strive for this ideal to be twins of Jesus. So in practical terms, what might that look like? And Paul talks a lot about humility in this letter. And I realize that humility is such a loaded word. We need to think about it from a, a faith perspective. Being humble does not mean letting people walk all over you. Being humble does not mean that you are a chronic pessimist. And being really, really humble does not mean that you start boasting about how really, really humble you are, uh, like Paul seems to do in chapter 3 of Philippians. And, and yet some of us just kind of... Uh, moan through life like Eeyore the, the donkey, droopy donkey. Many of our children and grandchildren know him well. Our triplets are getting to know him, but Eeyore is known for saying such uplifting lines like these, you wouldn't want me for a friend, would you? Good morning, if it is a good morning. Don't count on it. The outco outcome looks sort of gloomy. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of the political ads we're hearing lately, I think. But uh, not, not, every, 
Eeyore's a nice enough donkey dude. Some days we might even identify him, but do we want our children to take on the mind of Eeyore? Being humble is not being helpless. It's not being hopeless. It's not being spiritless. Paul says, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Look to your own interests, but more importantly, to the interests of other, others. In other words, love your neighbor uh, as yourself. And that ad- attitude can be really hard to find sometimes. There are many people who are only looking out for number one. Amen? Uh, so some of these are leaders in our community. Some of these are leaders in our in our country, some are uh, business folk in high-paying positions. I just saw a statistic where, where the billionaires had made $10 trillion in the midst of the pandemic while unemployment grows rapidly. And sometimes we even see problems like this in church folk and religious folk. A respected consultant was... Uh, sharing a story at a company gathering and, and meeting, and he told about uh, a story of a five-year-old girl. She and her mother had sewn together a, a wonderful children's costume for a Halloween party, and he said, you know, at that party, they were having such a great time. The kids were running around and, and enjoying themselves, and, and everything was going wonderfully until an adult got involved. The adult suggested, after looking at all these kids running around, having a good time, all dressed up, the adult suggested, oh, let's have a prize for the best costume. He lined up all the kids. One person was chosen. Most of the kids were just crushed. And he asked the question, why does somebody always have to win? A CEO said, you know, my joy, <laughs> my joy comes from the love of the game. I have overcome some significant obstacles and handicaps and contended with some bitter op- opposition from my competitors, but I've beaten them all, and I have come out on top. Some of us have no problem with that. It is the so-called American way. But I want to tell you something this morning. Not all of the American ways are always the way of Jesus. We've seen examples in the midst of the pandemic. COVID, as I said last week, COVID is an equal opportunity infector and no respecter of people, even those with power and position and prestige. We have now had over 36 million cases and a million deaths. And so many people on this planet are grieving. And yet we hear people gloating in the midst of this unspeakable grief and loss. Are you a winner? Because by the grace of God, you recovered from COVID. Humility involves concern for other people and concern for their well-being. And to have the mind of Christ is to to have a spirit of humility about all of this kind of stuff. And, And if we have a spirit of humility, we will gain something else. We will develop a spirit of, of, of service. 
Paul proclaims, let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus who took the form of a what? Servant. A servant. Being born in our likeness. Being born in human form. Now that doesn't sound like a win-win situation. That sounds more like a lose-win arrangement for Jesus. He deliberately lost himself because of his obedience to God. He lost himself because of his deep love for God and for all of us. You know, I, I think, you know, sometimes we've got to lose our minds. Sometimes we've got to lose our minds and take on the mind of Jesus. I know you're talking about that with our youth right now. It's so important. What if we take on his mind in our treatment of all people? What if we take on his mind to, to make things just and right for everybody? You know, what if we take on his mind when we use our resources, whatever they might be? What if we take on his mind when we go to the voting booth? Uh, what if we take on his mind as we encounter the challenges that we face every day? You know, so, sometimes, some, sometimes we've just got to lose our minds and take on his. Somebody had a great line about all of this. Uh, she said, Jesus went ahead of us. He didn't go instead of us. <laughs> I like that. Jesus went ahead of us. He didn't go instead of us. And so we are to look for ways to follow and to serve together. And so pray. Pray. Pray for those who are receiving care and giving it. Pray for those on the front lines, as Susan talked about. Uh, share. It may be as simple as a is giving a gift or as challenging as going on a, a mission trip or helping the hopeless. Let us hang on to our faith because we are in this together. Nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. People with a spirit of service are God's chosen people, I believe, and, and they have a spirit of humility and a spirit of service. And they remember who they are. They remember who they are. I believe power comes from those with the courage to live out a life of service. I think they become filled with the spirit of the living God. They remember what Paul told the Philippians, it is God who's at work in you. It's God who's at work in you. You are children of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And here's a line in verse 15 of that chapter that you can hang your heart on. Paul says, you shine. You shine like stars in this world. God sent Jesus to become a humble servant among us. That same Jesus calls us brother and sister and friend and beloved. And we get to we don't have to. We get to live with a spirit of humility and service together. Yesterday, I, I led a, a funeral service of one of hundreds during my ministry. And the woman never made the headlines. She was one of those behind-the-scenes people, you know, she was steady and she was faithful, steady at work, faithful at church. 
and a very small group of people gathered to celebrate and give thanks for her life. And she, like so many others before her, was loved deeply. And this is one of those God things I've got to tell you this morning. Guess what her first name was? <laughs> her first name was Estella. Estella, which we know means star. Star. And somebody said she was the most Christ-like person he'd ever met. What a blessing it is to hear that at the end of our journey. And what a joy it is to have someone say to us, even now, you know, in your loving, in your giving, as we serve together, you look a lot like Jesus. 